0: We always hear about, like, build your life around the things you love and build your business around the things you love. But that's really hard to do because for for me, like, I'm really passionate and intense and I love a million things. So that list would be infinite. But instead of that, what about what do you hate not doing?
1: Welcome to Playmakers. I'm your host, Paul Epstein, 15-year NFL and NBA business exec and best-selling author of The Power of Playing Offense. In my journey, I have discovered that there are two types of people in this world. The difference between elite performers and the rest of the pack. Or what I like to call those that play offense versus those that play defense. Defense, always on their heels. Offense, on our toes. Defense, playing not to lose. Offense, playing to win. Defense, the market dictates the terms offense, we operate on our terms, playing with purpose, playing with passion, and taking control of our future. So now, the question is, how do you want to play? And here on the Playmakers Podcast, we play offense 10 out of 10 times. As we ramp up toward today's episode, pull out your notepad so you can capture all the action so we can make plays and level up together. Playmakers, it's about that time to welcome Jay Ferugia into the conversation. Jay is host of the Renegade Radio Podcast, a top 20 fitness podcast on Apple with over 6 million downloads. When you have a minute, check out episode 385 with yours truly, as we jam out on purpose, performance, and leadership. Jay has been helping people become the strongest version of themselves since 1994. And what I love most about him is he's not only about physical strength, he's about emotional and mental strength as well. Heralded as a coach of the coaches, a trainer of the trainers. You may have seen his work in Men's Health, Muscle & Fitness, Fast Company, Huffington Post, Entrepreneur, ESPN, or CBS. I hope you're as fired up for the conversation with Jay as I am. And as a reminder, many of today's top takeaways can be found in the show notes on playmakerspod.com. With that, let's welcome Jay Ferrugia into the Playmakers Podcast. Jay, welcome to Playmakers. How we doing? I'm great, brother. Thanks for having me, Paul. Yeah, of course. Well, we're fired up to get to know you better. A a lot of folks know you from being one of the top strength coaches in the world. And I want to definitely do a deep dive there. But there was something as I was plugging around on your site that really caught my attention and it resonated on a deep level. And I think you're going to uh, provide some really cool insight and perspective based on this. So you have a quote from Confucius, and the quote is, "Life is simple, but we insist on making it complicated." Talk to us about what that means to you.
0: Yeah, I, I think now more than ever that really applies, you know, because there's there's information overload. There's so many opinions. There's so many like you take anything. You take fitness. You take diet. You take. Uh, um, a business, there's a zillion different opinions. There's information overload and people will tell you stuff that's the exact opposite, but sounds really like, well, I should do that. <laughs> uh, so, you know, how, how do you know? So I just got obsessed with all this stuff like minimalism and simplicity and Thoreau and Bruce Lee and, you know, books like um, the 80-20 principle and the one thing and essentialism. Uh, I don't remember how I first got into that, but I just remember feeling kind of. I think every uh, small business owner, entrepreneur, solopreneur gets to that point where you're just like, you're so overwhelmed. There's so much to do. And so it was really, really came to me from a business perspective first. I was like, oh my God, I'm doing so many things. There's no way that this is sustainable. So let's look at, okay, what's really essential, what's important, what. Uh, not only moves the needle, but, um, uh, my friend Sharon, uh, says what breaks the needle? Like what's really important, you know, and even more than 80, 20, like Bedros will talk about like 95, five, like what's the 5% instead of the 20. Um, so I, I just took that. And at first I applied that to business, but I was like, man, I should apply this to life. I should apply this to training, apply this to nutrition, apply this to everything. And really, and I, I think you have to review that all the time because at least, I'll, I'll let me speak for myself personally, um, you're always getting pulled in a million different directions. And, you know, like, like if I talk to someone like you, it, it's a natural thing to be like, oh, Paul's doing this, Paul's doing that. So, so, so cool. I should do that. But then you got to step back and be like, okay, at what cost? you know, who am I pulling off of what task? Uh, what does it cost us business-wise? What does it cost my my mental and emotional health and happiness? And then do I now have to spend more time doing that so I don't get to spend as much time with my friends and my wife and doing things that I love? I just think you can't go wrong, you know, simplifying everything as much as you can in all the four pillars of your life.
1: For sure. And you brought it up, and just to bring all our playmakers in, a lot of these principles they may sound common, but I want to make sure that a hundred percent gather on to what it is. So when you say, I know you threw a couple percentages out there, but the core one being 80, 20, talk to us about what that 80, 20 is just so we're all on the same page.
0: Yeah. So that's Pareto's principle, which states that, uh, 80% of your results come from 20% of your actions. So even though there are a hundred things we can do to get in shape, to improve your business, to improve your relationships, you should probably focus on the 20%. That's going to give you 80% of your results, um, so, you, you know, like, like training specific, right? There's so like, I, I, I'm a geek for like strength science and studies and I, I could talk all day about it, but really for 99.9% of the people it's okay. Let's lift weights intelligently three to four days a week. Let's eat uh, real whole foods and let's try to get eight hours of sleep, a week, uh, a week, a week, a night. And that's it.
1: <laughs> <For> <laughs> um, <sure. laughs>
0: yeah. And, and, and that's it. You know, if you do that and you lock that in 365 days a year, do that, you're going to get so far where you don't need to worry about, like, what's Mr. Olympia's workout and, you know, what's LeBron doing? Like, it's like, just focus on simple, essential stuff. Lock that in. Then you could stack another habit on top of it. But, but really keep it simple.
1: There you go. All right. So now, now we're all aligned. Let me ask you this, brother. So if somebody says, I, I, I align, maybe I'm not living my life by the 80-20 today but I'm inspired to do it starting tomorrow. Like they want to take action on it, but there's this really tough kind of transition of like, what's the how? Like, what's the process? Where do I start? So if there's somebody listening in that maybe isn't living according to 80-20, but they want to start, like how do you make decisions about what that 20% is? Hmm. Um,
0: So for, for your life in general, I have this thing and I don't know where I first got this, but we always hear about like, okay, you know, uh, what do you love? Build your life around the things you love and build your business around the things you love. But that's really hard to do because for, for me, like I'm really passionate and intense and I love a million things. So that list would be infinite. But Instead of that, what about what do you hate not doing? That reframe is so powerful, I think, because what do you hate not doing? For for most people, I think it's only like five to seven things. Like for me, I hate not doing physical exercise for 30 minutes a day. I hate not eating clean, not spending two hours outside, uh, not laughing. I think laughter, you know, it's not a cliche is the best medicine. Uh, I hate not listening to music all day. And that's those five. Oh, I hate not reading 10 pages of a physical book, like six or seven things, and that's it. So, now how do I build my life around that? I have to get those things uh, done. Otherwise, I don't feel good. You know, like the cliche, like if the plane's going down, you put your mask on first. You got to take care of yourself. Otherwise, I can't show up here on this podcast and, and be a good guest because I'm like, oh, I didn't do all these things. I have anxiety, or I can't be a good husband, or I can't be a good friend. I can't be present somewhere. So, you take care of yourself first. What are those things that you know are your daily non negotiables? What do you hate not? doing. Okay, cool. That's your 20%. Forget about all the other things. And then in business, it's the same thing. It's like, okay, look at everything you're doing. And and often like we'll have, um, I think it's Warren Buffett's got that rule, like write down the hundred things you want to do in your life and And cross off some like 90 of them or 95 of them or something like it's, you know, so do that with your business. like, what are all the things that I'm doing throughout the week? Okay. I got to post on Instagram. I got to post on Facebook. I got to do a podcast. I got to, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to check KPI and ROI. Okay. That's a lot of things. That's overwhelming. First, what can you knock off that list? Cause we, we as it, like, if you're someone who owns your own business and even, even if you don't own your own business, there's so many things that you should either, uh, automate, delegate, or just eliminate. So if the first thing I want to do is eliminate, let's eliminate most of those things. Let's eliminate a lot of stuff. Okay. Now the rest of it, what could we delegate to somebody else? And so, so many times people will be like, well, I can't do that. I work for a company or I can't afford a virtual assistant. You can get people in the Philippines for three or $4 an hour. You can go, you can get people here on like, um, a uh, virtual uh, or virtual staff finder, like people in America, you can get people, you want fancy hands. You can get people to do all these things. And if you want to level up, you can't be spending 40 minutes at whole foods and going to the dry cleaner and doing all these things. Like there's, there's a uh, task is like an app on your phone where you could pay people just to go and pick up your dry cleaning and go like, I'm a huge music. I so I'll, if concerts are coming, like I want to be there. So like when, um, when there would be shows on like the Sunset Strip when I was living in LA, sometimes you couldn't get them online. You had to go stand in line. So I would just pay a guy from from TaskRabbit and go stand there for two hours and get me the tickets. You know, like there's all these things that if you want to make it to the next level where people are like, oh, I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time. You do have time. You're just not spending it wisely, you know? So, so do these kind of things. So eliminate, then delegate, and then what can you do that you can automate? And some things I don't mean automate in that, certainly some you can automate where it's set it and forget it, but some things are automate. Like it just becomes clockwork, right? Like, 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 like someone going to the free throw line. Like they're not going to think about, Oh, what's my routine? How many times do I dribble? How many times do I pat my, but whatever it is, that's automated. So the more you can do those three things, the easier your life becomes, the more time you have, the more mental space you have. So then you can actually do the things that you want to accomplish.
1: Yeah. And I love where you're bringing us to, because so you brought up tasks and every single person listening in has infinite tasks, that we can get stuck in the busyness of life, right? So, what you're saying though, I, I love your principles of the automate, delegate, eliminate. I also wanna go back to kind of that hate versus love piece. I think there's something really insightful there. But just a perspective for everybody listening in all tasks are not created equal. And they're actually tied to some tasks light you up. They give you energy versus other tasks deplete you of your energy. So you got to kind of put them in the buckets of like, yo, does this make me feel alive or does this deplete me? And you should be able to make kind of some black and white decisions. Also, I've heard this advice from others and applied it to my life and it's worked out phenomenally is... Bucket your hours, like instead of, okay, like don't do one creative thing and then flip to a non creative piece and then kind of think that you can volley back and forth. Like if you feel your best creative energy comes in the morning, do your creative work in the morning versus saving it for the end of the day. So, kind of that second layer of strategy of the type of work, the type of task, right? And I I think maybe that's where some habits and rituals can come out of it, which I know you're massive on building that into your your day to day
0: yeah i love that you brought that up because uh i think most people you had to make a general say most people are probably gonna be more creative first thing in the morning before you get all these distractions so i really think it's an important principle to start your morning being proactive rather than reactive so so reactive is this oh shit oh, what have i gotta do this i gotta do this. I'm email. Just whatever I'll... your
1: phone says the noise yeah. from technology right
0: yeah 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 or um, I'm taking calls, all this thing. So I'm proactive. So those things that I listed um, as my daily non-negotiables, most of those are gonna take, not all of them, like training and things will take place later, but a lot of the important things are gonna take place before I book anything. So I have a rule that nothing, no podcast, nothing gets done before 10 a.m. Because by 10 a.m., I've done most of the stuff that makes me feel good and I'm taken care of, and I've gotten all my most important tasks done. So at night, I'll write, okay, what do I need to do first thing in the morning? Boom. Now, I used to be, and I think sometimes people go down that personal development rabbit hole and uh, they, they have this more elaborate morning routine, right? And you're doing all these things, you're journaling and you're praying and you're meditating and all that. Now it's super short and I get right into, cause I, cause I know I can't be reactive. So I have, um, I use the, um, the self-control, uh, app for Mac. So I block every site that would be a distraction to me and my phone is off and it's in another room and I don't turn it on until I get my most important tasks done. So I'm up, I'm drinking coffee. I'm listening to, uh, I have like a little morning pump me up playlist to like, you know, get getting in, in the mindset of being a superhero and somebody who's invincible and I'm going to tackle the day and not reactive at all. I'm not replying to email. I'm not looking at the news. I'm not looking at social media. It's here's what I need to do with zero distractions. So I'll do that and then once I've done that, then I feel really good. Then I feel accomplished. I was proactive. Now, some people might like to train in the morning. You might like to walk the dogs, whatever it is. But I just think if you're reactive, it has this snowball effect. And then you're kind of behind the eight ball and it's hard to get ahead the rest of the day. Like you're just putting out fires. So being proactive first thing in the morning, you, you have that creativity. So if you have to create content, if you have to write for your business, whatever it is, those things are best done in the morning. And then later on in the day, when you, you're maybe you're drained a little. Maybe you have some decision fatigue you've done a lot of creative stuff, then the reactive stuff. So then we'll go in, we'll respond to emails. Maybe you have clients that you need to get back to. Maybe you got to do calls. I'll take calls while I'm walking the dogs, whatever it might be, do that. But that, but that morning time is really, really protected. I do nothing. People know like before 10 AM, you won't, you won't get a reply from me. You won't, nothing's happening before 10 AM.
1: Well, and this is beautiful because I I love the word you just said, protect, like We've all heard the phrase of protect your calendar, protect what's important. Like if it's family time, you ain't effing with my family dinner, as an example, right? Like if you're gonna protect it, then like it's a non negotiable. So I think that's something for all of us to consider. In your case, you kind of have this hard, fast rule 10 a.m., 11 a.m. Again, in the entrepreneurial space, that's very possible because you're kind of living more on your terms. Other folks that, hey, maybe you're you're still working in a big box organization. All good. The same principle can apply. It doesn't need to be 10 a.m., but it could be maybe the principle that we ground ourselves in, Jay, is like, whose terms are you living on? Yeah. Right. Because what my phone does, if it's the first thing I look at, that's other people's terms. That's other people's agenda. Like, no disrespect to what's in my inbox or social media, it's good, but like, mm, like, is that how I want to start my day? And it's kind of noisy, and like, what if it puts me in a bad mood? I, I don't know. I didn't get enough likes on yesterday's post, yeah, right? exactly. Like, it's crazy, dude. So it's all a mind game. Let me, let me pivot into this. So when we hear that you're one of the top strength coaches in the world, I'll admit, I had a misperception about what that meant because when I hear strength coach, my mind goes to physical, physical strength. But the way I've learned in studying you and really understanding you, I actually see kind of the trifecta now. I see physical, I see mental, and I see emotional strength. And, and please feel free if that's accurate or if it's beyond. So, so my question is for all of us listening in, how do those three levels connect physical, mental, and emotional strength?
0: Yeah, I think, I think if one of them, if you only have one of them dialed in and the other two are suffering, you're, you're not going to be happy. You're going to, you're going to be, you're gonna, you know, as, as a man, uh, especially you, you, historically, as a man, you want to be physically strong, right? You want to be a protector. You want to be, uh, back in the hunter gatherer days. Uh, that's just natural to, to want to be strong. Nowadays, you can sit on your computer and, and, and not be strong, but I will look down upon you. I think that's, that's a waste of life. Like we should be physically strong. We should be physically capable. Um, but what had happened? So my personal journey, I'll, I'll tell you. So I was building a super successful business, and I had gone from, I graduated high school. I'd been training for five years at that point, and I was all of six foot and 147 pounds after five years of putting in all this effort. Yeah, so super skinny and weak, so I I learned as much as I could, and I eventually got up to 220, well, I was 231 for like a week, but I would normally be around 225, uh, and I walked around 225 for years. And even though I was much stronger and bigger, I still realized that, man, there's a lot of stuff in here and in here, you know, in my head and my heart and a lot of self-limiting beliefs, a lot of false narratives and stuff that I'd never really addressed. Like it sounds crazy now. So I'm 46. It sounds crazy to say, but I really didn't even think about personal development till I was 33, which in 2021 is nuts because there's so much personal development. Like I almost feel bad for kids who are 18 or 23. Like they're just bombarded with personal development all day. Like not even getting a chance to be a kid, but I didn't, I was so busy. Like all I cared about was training and building the business and Then all of a sudden, I don't even know what it was, but I kind of just started reading these books. I started being around the right people. And I was like, man, there's a lot of stuff that I'm doing wrong or that, you know, weaknesses that I should kind of bring up. And again, those self limiting beliefs and narratives. So I really wanted to work on, you know, the, the mental strength and the discipline because I had the discipline to, to build a good business, but I didn't have the discipline to push myself out of my comfort zone and to challenge those beliefs. Like I was always super shy and socially awkward and quiet. And I just thought, well, that's how my family is. That's how I've always been. No, nobody changes, right? People don't change. Like, you know, people in my family would say, oh, well, a leopard can't change his spots. He can't teach an old dog new tricks. And I believe that, you know, so this is how I'll always be. I'll always be the quiet dude. And... You know, um, emotionally, I would I would just get really affected by stuff. You know, I, I would hold myself back out of fear that someone was going to say something about me. Anyone. It could be anyone. It could be strangers on the Internet, but anyone. So I had all this baggage and all these fears and all, all these self-narratives. False uh, self-limiting beliefs of false narratives. And so I just went on a deep dive of, of, personal development from 33 and, and it never ends. As you know, it's still, still going, yeah, lifelong you know? mission, right? Yeah. Yeah. But really there was, there was a few years there where I said, okay, everything else has to go on the back burner. You know, let's, let's reduce, uh, let's not read anything about training or nutrition or business. Let's just read about the stuff that's holding me back and read how to win friends and influence people and all this kind of stuff. And so that was probably three, four years. That was all I did. I, I, I went to improv at Second City. Um, Anything I could do to push myself out of my comfort zone and challenge who I was and become a different person. And uh, man, you you, got to have them all dialed in. Once you have that trifecta, like you said, like life is just so much better.
1: As we take a short break from today's interview, I'd like to share a quick reminder to check out the episode show notes on playmakerspod.com where you will find a treasure trove of key insights, thought starters, and additional resources from today's conversation. Also, a quick shout out to our show sponsor, Audible, who is offering each and every Playmaker a free audiobook and a 30 day free trial when you visit audible.playmakerspod.com. With that, let's get back to the conversation. It's time to level up. Dude, I so love where the conversation's going. Let me ask you this, and you know, you've been beyond authentic and vulnerable. I know you're going to be comfortable vibing with this, but so in your case, you kind of burst through those limiting beliefs. Like you're not saying it was easy, but like we're telling there, there is at least we're building on a happy end of the story. Let me give you a a scenario though. What if you wouldn't have pursued challenging those limiting beliefs? Where do you think you'd be? I,
0: it's so hard to say. I mean, so many doors have opened since then. Uh, so many relationships, so many great things career-wise, personal-wise, the the friends, you know, the people that I get to call super close friends. Uh, it would just, yeah, I, I think I'd just be in the same place, right? I'd still be back in Jersey. I, I'd still be running a gym in a small town, um, probably making the same amount of money, same friends, doing the same things. Uh, and I just don't that, you know, there, there was a quote from Henry Rollins that, that kind of was resonating with me and, and rolling around in my head for a while when, you know, he said something about about um, getting out of the small town you grew up in and going somewhere and reinventing yourself. And and so many people just do that, like they live in the town they grew up in and they, and they never do that. And I was like, I don't want that. I, I do not want that. I got to push myself. I know I'm capable of so much more. And even as we sit here today, I know if I look at what I'm doing from the outside, I'm capable of so much more. I have to continue to push myself every day. And that's why I have to talk to people like you and Pedro, some people that I'm lucky enough to be around all the time, because you're constantly pushing yourself and you're seeing your circle. And and, as I'm sure you'll agree with, it's not... It's not every time that you get around your friends that are living at a high level that you sit there and they're like, well, here's what I'm doing. Or you're like preaching. It's just like, you just see like, like if it's I'm the around energy, it's the it's energy, the energy yeah. right?
1: If I hang with you for two hours on my drive home, like I'm jacked up, I'm fired up and yeah. tomorrow's going to be an amazing day. Yeah. That's and it, it might even
0: be something like, like you notice, oh my God, uh, Paul or whoever it is, your friend used to have maybe this, um, this insecurity, you know, whatever it was. And maybe like for myself, maybe I have like some weird, bad habit of uh, whatever it is. And then you notice, oh, that person doesn't do that anymore. He's worked, like We don't even have to talk about it. Uh, it's just yeah. like,
1: wow, he changed that. That's amazing. I got to work on that. So, you've got that awareness, right? It's, it's, it that's, well, that's part of the EQ game. It's uh, threefold it's awareness of self, awareness of others, and awareness of situation. So, in this case, it's awareness of others and a little bit of situation too. And then you kind of kick it back into, all right, well, game on. (laughs) If, if my boy Jay is going to do X and I got to level up too. So, you don't need to tell me to level up. It's that, it's that intrinsic motivation that's probably, you know, it kind of comes from within. Let me ask you this, Jay. So you've had the blessing. And and after, actually, before I go here, you mentioned, so dude, three full years of like deep, deep, deep dive in the personal development space. And you're not done. Like we said, it's a lifelong mission. But for everybody listening in, because so many, if not all playmakers, the majority are super into personal development. You mentioned how to win friends and influence people, whether it's a book or any other form of thought leadership, uh, like a short list of things that, uh, impacted your life in a big way that you would recommend to us?
0: Um, yeah, so, so I, I mentioned all those books on, on simplicity and minimalism and all that I, I think are huge. Uh, business stuff, I was always a, always a big fan of anything Seth Godin put out there. Um, uh, John, um, who, who, who am I thinking of? Uh, John Maxwell's leadership stuff. Um, those are some of the ones that come to mind now. I'm sure there's probably stuff I'm, I'm forgetting. Uh yeah, I mean there's so many.
1: Yeah. No, for yeah. sure. And and I think uh a from a book perspective, I I've heard this in uh we had Josh Linkner, you know, top thought leader in innovation a few episodes ago. And he was talking about not only, you know, you got to understand your modality as well. Like some people are readers, some need to listen to something, some need to watch something. So like kind of know how you learn best and in a most optimal fashion, because you and I maybe we're old school readers. Not everybody is. Right. And that's cool. Totally. Right. So, but you know, w- w- one, that's one thing so I'll say in, in
0: terms of like books that are similar to how to win friends and influence people, there's a book called fascinate, a book called captivate, uh, a book called steal the show, Uh, Those are great. There's 92 Ways to Talk to Anybody. Uh, Never Read Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. All those books are great for relationship building. And and just, again, that was something that really didn't come natural to me. And I really struggled with and I really wanted to work on. So I just continued to, uh, there's a book called Super Connector, uh, which funny I didn't even know that book existed because um, people were telling me, you should write a book called Super Connector. And then I Googled it real quick and there was the book because now that's how people think of me because I know so many people and I can connect people all the time. But man, that was not something I would ever been known for 10 years ago.
1: Mm, yeah. So all of this is working on self. And I've heard you say before, and I think this is because, uh, you know, folks might be listening to this like, dude, that sounds like a lot of work. And it is. That sounds hard, that I don't have the time. Fill in the blankets, you know, whatever excuse it is. But you and I both know that it's like, dude, that like the people that put in the work, especially on self, are the ones that can develop mastery. That's where I want to bring us next. You have said people don't practice mastery. So why is that if if the end game is and you're far from done, but like dude, you could be in you know emulating somebody like Jay and then leveling up and everybody around you is leveling up if that is the end game of mastery and fulfillment of self, why don't more people attack it?
0: I, I just think you gotta just have the discipline and the patience and it's hard, man. it's you know it's 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 a lifelong pursuit and and who really does that anymore but it, but if you look at people, you know that um, like if I look around my office and I see I see pictures of, of Bruce Lee and Bob Marley and Ali and um, you know Malcolm X and people like this, like they did we re- we really remember them from for doing one thing nowadays it's it's like cool to do a million different things. Uh, it's really hard like we see somebody like the Rock or Arnold. And we, you know, we think that that's what we should do, but you know, those people are outliers. They're one in a million. Most people, if you just pursue mastery in one thing, like my friend, Tony Blauer, do you know, Tony? Uh, I don't. Tony's I'd say top three self-defense experts in the world. Uh, he's become a really good friend of mine. He's been doing this for over 40 years. He's 60 or 61 right now. Um, But Tony, I'll I'll connect you guys. Great, great guy to know. He's down in uh, Encinitas. But Tony has only done that one thing. He studies violence and self-defense every day of his life for 40-something years. And when I get around him, there's a sense of calm and peace because he talks about that so intelligently, so articulately. And his dedication to that is so beautiful. It's like Mozart or somebody like that or Bruce Lee. Where it's like, I love that he's not trying to do all these things. Like I have a lot of entrepreneur friends who I get around them. And it's inspiring for a few minutes. And then I'm like, oh my God, I need a shot of caffeine or something. Because it's like, dude, how are you doing that many? Can you really be doing that many things at a high level and enjoying it? Are you just doing that for the clout? Or like, what's going on? Like, that's crazy. So, uh, yeah, I just think... Doing fewer things better, you would actually be happier. I think we, we have this pre uh, maybe misconception that oh, if I do all these things, life's going to be so much better. I don't think so. I think if you just played one instrument, you played one sport, you did like a few things and tried to do them really well, you know, the process of achieving mastery is, is really, uh, really fulfilling. Because when you, do, when you do a lot of things not well, it's just, I don't know, it's not that fulfilling.
1: Well, and, uh, yes, and if you don't do a lot of things well, but you're practicing them every day or you're doing them every day, maybe is a better way to put it. um, Man, like maybe that's where some of the insecurity might come from. Maybe that's where some of the self-limiting beliefs come from. Like at the end of the day, like we're momentum machines. We we like wins, even if they're small. That's how we build progress, right? Like it's, it's that piece. So, I mean, how can we intentionally create momentum in small wins? Whether it is a deep dive in one area, I agree with you. At most, it's only a few areas. We can't be master of all things. And so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's just about about enjoying, you know, enjoying the journey and, and, and just be, you know, enjoy the process instead of the goal, because, and here's the thing, if you're bouncing around, like you're going to suck at everything at the beginning. If I learned to play chess and I learned to play tennis and I learned to play the guitar, there's all, you're always going to suck at the beginning. So do you want to spend your whole life just bouncing around and and always in that suck to mediocre range or just be like, okay, I'm going to go 10 years getting really good at tennis or getting really good at playing the piano or whatever it might be. I think, I think you're going to be happier long-term just understand that no matter what you do you're going to suck for the first year
1: for sure and and one of the misconceptions i run into a lot because i work with a lot of folks whether individually at a team level at an organizational level about purpose and the discovery of it, the activation of it, how to apply it in every day. Sometimes some folks say, okay, before I get to this kind of North Star of purpose, what am I passionate about? So I I want to dive into passion with you because that's something that I think applies to this. And the misconception I run into is people believe that if I'm passionate about something, I'm immediately going to be great at it. Or they assume if I'm not good at it, it can't possibly be a passion, Right. Like if you love music and you start singing and taking lessons tomorrow, to your point, you might suck. You probably will suck day one. It doesn't mean you're not supposed to sing. Yeah. Right. Like if that's what lights you up. So in your life journey and I love your blog, by the way, I've man, just please, everybody will at the end. We're going to find out where to find out more about you, connect with you, dive into this man's blog. One of them was my journey to hell and back. That's the title. And I think as I've heard about your life story, you've kind of gone in and out of, as you say, reconnecting with your passion and purpose. So talk to us a little bit about hell and back and maybe how passion has been woven in and out. Maybe when you lost touch with it, but then how you reconnected to it.
0: Mm. You know, there's so many uh, directions to go here. Um, Passion... I, I, I agree with what you said. Like, yeah, if, if you're passionate about something, you would assume that you're going to be great at it. And you might not be like there's I could say there's nobody more passionate. Like I every single day of my life for a bare minimum of three hours, I have listened to hip hop since 1984. 1984 <laughs> was the first that. day I got into hip hop. Like, and there's nobody more passionate about it. Honestly, if we sat here for 12 hours and talked till two in the morning, I would still be raring to go and, you know, comparing big daddy Kane to rock Him or whatever. Um, that doesn't mean that I am good at rapping that if I got in the booth, I would be putting out stuff like Dr. J or uh, Dr. Dre or DJ premier, Uh, you know, so, but that also doesn't mean that I couldn't be great at it if I decided to. So, you know, it could go either way. Um, and there are people, I I think this holds people back though, too. If you work for a company and you're like, Hey, I'm not that passionate about this. And you're just half-assing it. You're just, you know, phoning it in. I've taken coaching clients and reframed it. And I was like, okay, right now we don't know what you'd want to do. I would say, all right, gun, gun to your head. What would you do for a living? Like, Shit, I don't know. Okay, cool. Well, let's stick with your job at AT and T and be the best employee that AT and T has ever had. How can you go in and make everybody smile every day? Like I, we know you're going to leave there because as as a coaching client, I'm giving you 12 months. You're out of there. But in the next 12 months, how can you be the most loved employee ever there? How can you brighten every single person's day? How can you help other people? Because if you're always focused on yourself internally, you're always going to be anxiety ridden and stressed out and bummed out a little bit. But if you focus externally on other people, so go. To That job, it's a shitty job, you don't love it, but be the best, be the absolute best at it, and make everybody else feel great. How can you help everybody else? You know, like I'll I'll tell some of my friends sometimes who are are, uh, professional wrestlers of WWE, like they may be struggling, they're not getting good storylines, they haven't gotten the mic in a while. And I say, Cool, how about in the back, somebody who's getting a push right now? That means they're getting a lot of TV time, they're winning a lot of matches go up to them. Say, Hey, I I loved your match. I loved how you did this. You know, what about, like, give them some ideas Uh, somebody else who's not getting a push, go up to them be like, Hey man, I had this idea for you. What do you think about if you changed your character and did this or whatever it might be just externally focusing more on how you can help other people. And then, by getting out of your own head, sometimes now the clarity pops into your head, you start getting good ideas for yourself. But if you are just obsess with yourself all the time, which I did for so long, like, Oh, I got to make more money. I got a better job. I got a better shape. I got to find a, 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 a good looking girl or guy to start dating. Like <laughs> you're always going to be stressed out. But if you focus on other people, like, um, And I look at that as serving. Like serving doesn't just have to be going to volunteer to save dogs or something like that. Just helping someone, just giving someone a compliment. Like anytime you meet any human being on the planet, it's like you have a cheat sheet. You don't even need to know. Like if you and I just met at a coffee shop, all I'd know that there's something you have anxiety about, something you're stressed out about, something you're unhappy about, something you're insecure about. We all have these things. So I could brighten your day just by seeing what's on your t-shirt and be like, oh, I'm a fan of that band too. Or give you a compliment on your shoes or just find something to strike up a conversation or maybe you're behind me and i'll pay for your coffee whatever it is just to brighten up someone's day i think that's service you know dr king said anyone could be great because anyone could serve so just doing those small things getting out of your head uh now i feel like i'm off on a tangent Oh, we're talking about passion and purpose um they're
1: all know. connected brother <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. all good no i love you're you're being tactical but now it how does it feed into the bigger picture i think that's where you were going
0: yeah. So, so your purpose is, you know, I, I loved your take on it. I mean, my take on it is, is, is I heard Pedro say one time and I have someone like, like, you don't find your purpose, it's not there. Like you're going to find it somewhere someday. It's like, okay, what do you repeatedly do? What do you do? Well, what do you love to do? If you had, um, you know, a dream job, what would you do if you, if you were, if you were going to get paid, if you were not going to get paid, if we, if society changed and then there was no more payments, like what would you do every single day? That's probably something that you're really passionate about. And then that can be your purpose. But, but but what I do tell people like tomorrow, if you wake up and you don't know what your purpose is, make people smile, make people feel better. Cause like I said, that's where I was going with that is like, everyone's bummed out or down about something in some way. So just do that. And then you may find like, uh, here, here's what I love is when I have coaching clients that are like, I'm not really a people person, I'm not good at uh, building relationships, this and that. And I kind of take them all through this and I reframe this and I say, leave, leave the house and just be the highlight of everyone's day. That's all I want you to do. That's your purpose. They're like three months later, they go, Jay. I'm a people person. I love people. And like I, I for 46 years, I didn't think I did. And I'm like, dude, I love that. That makes my day. And like now, these guys—these are guys who light up the room, who smiles infectious. It's like it's so cool to see that. And then when you're like that. And everybody loves being around you, and you impact the energy of a room. Man, doors open up left and right. So somebody helps you discover what your purpose or your passion is. Like somebody like Paul meets you, and you're like, "Dude, I got a great opportunity for you. You'd be perfect for this." You know, it's like you need to get out of your own head in order for that purpose to kind of become clear. And just you know, focus on other people. I think.
1: Yeah. No. This is wonderful, and I've never heard it put this way. But for everybody, I, I we have to repeat this: be the highlight of everybody's day like so when you leave your house when you roll out of bed how can you be the highlight right how can you make other people the highlight in their own life kind of uplift them that's something super simple a couple other tactical pieces to build off what you said you know you you gave an example of hey maybe i don't love my job and you, you give them a 12 month exit so what can you do blocking and tackling every single day i always say there's three factors experience information and relationships Don't attach success to these goals or metrics or KPIs of a company. If they mean nothing to you, then it just doesn't mean anything to you. You don't want to sell another widget? Fine. But you have to pick up valuable experience, information, and relationships every day at work or out of work. And if you do that, man, talk about stacking that inventory of growth day day after day like this is just a stacking mechanism i mean that's personally that was one of the things that uh inspired me even through the sports game on those on those bad days it's like man you just got to fight through and going back to what uh said you know something that i think is cool are are you familiar jay i'm sure you are with all the personal development stuff ikigai no you familiar with ikigai Mm -mm. so it's a in japanese it means a reason for being And there's a really cool piece on this that they basically have four areas and your reason for being is your purpose in this Japanese kind of, uh, you know, message. And the four areas are, what do you love to do? Then it is, what are you great at? So think of that as like where passion meets skill, right? But then the other two are external. It's what does the world need? Right? So now you're serving, you're contributing towards something there. And then it's lastly, because that's all good. Now, what will the world pay you for? Yeah. But my piece is make that the fourth consideration, because if you lead with that, now you're just chasing a paycheck. But if you can find a crystal clear direction or some ideas on those first three, and then you could possibly make a living out of it, dude, game over. I love that. Yeah. 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 So and, and for, yeah, here,
0: here's one thing. Um, my, my friend, Mike DeSanti always talks about your platform and your purpose can be two different things. So I don't think, I think in an ideal world, everybody gets to do what they're super passionate about for a living, but not necessarily. I know a lot of people who make a fortune and that's not their number one thing, but they go hundred percent all in on it. They're the best at whatever they do, nine to five, and then it's over. Then they go home and they're they're playing games, they're playing with their kids, they have hobbies, they're going to BJJ, they're going to the gym, whatever. And I, I, I think that's great too. Sure, it would be great if we could all do what we love and make money, but not everyone's gonna be able to do that. And I think and some of the happiest people I know do that. They're, that's not their number one passion, but they just go crush work and they come home and just crush their personal life and their social life, and I think that's great too.
1: Yeah. No, I love where you're bringing us, brother. So we we double-clicked on passion. Let's uh, transition in a related space of gifts and talents. Because one thing, if I look at your bio, I see where you say, quote, I was born with zero gifts and talents, right? That's That's something that you've said. However, I've also heard you talk about how – Everybody has a gift, (laughs) right? So if everybody has a gift, my question is, and, and then you've said the worst thing to do is to not express that gift or pursue that gift, right? So if we're born with zero gifts, to use that as an example, how do we cultivate it? How do we find it? Like, how, how do you discover that gift, apply that gift? Like, I'd love to know even how it applies to your personal journey. If you were born with zero gifts, but we're coaching others to chase that gift, how do you connect those dots?
0: Yeah, and, and, and that's what I just thought for so, so many years, uh, again, because because of those self-limiting beliefs. But as I went down this journey, I, I was the first one. You know, I said I had coaching clients that, that, that discovered that, but I discovered myself like, wow, I'm really good at bringing men and women, bringing people together, creating an atmosphere where people can feel super comfortable, where super, people can connect, where people can build relationships, where people can get out of their comfort zone and feel, you know, just, uh, connected and safe. And so that, that really, I would say that's like my number one talent and skill and gift now is, is my ability to do that. And I do that all the time and people rely on so much so that people like super powerful friends of mine you know, guys like Pedro and people who are professional athletes and actors will default to me, be like. Oh, the Super Bowls! You have the Super Bowl party. You have the UFC party. You're the best <laughs> at it. Like you'll create that atmosphere. You'll do that. Uh, like I'm known as the guy now. And you, like I remember when I was living in LA, every single week I would get a call or a text from somebody, "Hey, the uh, the owner of this company or the uh, the guy who started Roots of Fight or whoever it might be, they're they're in town. Could you just connect with them? Go have coffee with them?" I just told them that you know everybody and you know lots of stuff. And I was like, "Okay, cool. Yeah, all right, I'll do that." Um, so so that was really my gift, and I think. I think most people, you, if you develop your people skills, you can't go wrong. Like You'll be super happy. You'll be super fulfilled. That's one thing I think that everyone should go all in on. And if you go all in on it and work on it, and in a year, you'll be like, oh, I'm really good at this. I'm talented at this. I have a gift for this, whatever it might be. Uh, you just have to uncover that stuff. So that was kind of my journey is, is I, you know, just doing that and discovering that. I was like, man, this changes everything about your life.
1: Yeah. No, this is awesome. Uh, Developing your people skills. Here's one thing I want to Push back on, not, not for you, but I think for a lot of folks that listen in on this where, you know, we always hear the cliches of I'm a people person or I'm not a people person. I think if you're a people person and somebody says, hey, develop your people skills, you're like, F&A, of course, dude. Like, that's what lights me up. I actually want to challenge the other side of the ledger. Even if you say, which I personally believe this is a self-limiting belief, I don't believe it is true, but if somebody thinks I am not a people person, then I would say even more so to develop these yeah. foundational people skills. It doesn't mean you need to become an extrovert. It doesn't mean you need to go to networking functions every night. It doesn't mean any it doesn't mean you need to be the life of the party. We're talking about on a one-to-one basis how you can show up with greater empathy, connection, curiosity, interest, kindness, compassion, how to be a better listener versus just showing up to respond or to give advice it 's like that 's the stuff like think of your best friends. what do they do? Why are they your best friends like it 's probably very simple stuff, and they do it over and over, and you don 't question their intention yeah right like yeah. that's yeah so I, I have
0: two coaching clients. I want to tell a quick story here so 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 one one his name is Leonard. He walked into our event a couple months ago. And he had been telling me this for, for months. I'm not good. I'm not good with people. I'm, I'm horrible, blah, 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 blah. And he even had some, some something something introvert shirt on when he walked in. So he's really going all in on that belief, right? At the <laughs> He beginning, branded himself. Yeah. At the beginning of the weekend, I give this hour-long talk on getting out of your comfort zone and improving your people skills, all, all this kind of stuff. And I challenge everybody. Okay, by lunch day, I want, to, I want you to be different. By dinner today, by the end of the weekend, I want you to be dramatically different. And Leonard was the MVP of the weekend, pushed himself harder than anybody he's uh I think he's 37 or 38 and at the end of the weekend he's like this this is the greatest weekend I ever had and I said dude you were the MVP of the weekend you made everybody laugh you made every you connected with every single person you extended your trip to stay what I, I said to him uh, on Saturday I said when, when are you leaving he goes I don't know, whatever it takes, like meaning he was going to build relationships with everybody there. He was staying an extra day. He was hanging out. And another client of mine, who's been a client for a couple years now, he's a police chief. Um, he's in his forties, told me his whole life, I'm not a people person. He's the life of the party. He energizes every room he walks into, lights it up, smiles, loves everybody, has developed so many relationships in the year or so that we've been working together. And he goes, I told myself this for nearly 50 years and you flipped it like you just totally helped me change, do a 180. It makes such a difference. So anybody can do it. Those were two guys who, in, in a million years, they thought they'd never be able to do it. And they're fantastic at it. I was the worst at it. And now people think I'm, I'm like, when, when the Dodgers brought me in to work at spring training, one of the main things was building relationships, you know, between the Latin players and the, uh, the English-speaking players and, and the coaches that were having disagreements with each other and things like this, because I, I learned so much about it and that, that I got really good at it. And uh, man, when, when you're good at that stuff, like I said, I, I just can't beat that drum enough it opens so many doors and changes your life in so many ways
1: yeah and this is awesome because i mean you've shared so many phenomenal stories and i i like to say there's probably two sides of the pendulum right like from the average joes all the way to the star athletes and everybody in between but for most folks listening in you know we we put kind of I like to say we celebrate the common man and woman, right? Like it's like, we are like kind of salt of the earth. Like dude, just do the simple things and like everything that we talked about over the past few minutes, but you just wearing the professional hat that you've worn, you have the blessing and the fortune of being around some, let's just call them pretty big people, right? Like there's some big names, there's some household names and you don't need a name drop. It's all good. But like, needless to say, I I, I think this can be an empowering piece to share with our playmakers is... You know, sometimes we think because of how many followers somebody has on social media or their airtime on TV or whatever their platform is, or, you know, they're a star athlete or whatever, we think that they're like Superman or Superwoman. Like they have no fear, they have no doubt, they have no insecurity. Like, and like, I think you would agree, like I'll call bullshit on that. Like they're, they're, they're human, just like you and I, just like every single playmaker listening in. So maybe if you could just kind of share with us, like uh, maybe validate or what, however you wanna to respond to this, but like m- maybe there's a perspective that you have of like, regardless of who you've worked with or coached or trained, and they may be a household name or a celebrity, like they're cut from the same cloth as every person listening into this. So maybe you could just share a quick riff on that.
0: Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. That's true. And I I think that really helps. Um, when you, when you realize that those people are humans too, like, I I mean, I, I won't say who, but there's some really big name people who have multiple millions of followers and on TV, 52 weeks a year, come over my house and we'll sit on the couch and they'll just talk about every insecurity they have and how they're so stressed out and how, and we wouldn't think this, right? How a comment or two on social media affected them because people who like haters who leave comments are like, Oh, that doesn't affect that person. No, it does. It does. We're all humans, you know? Um, so all these things do hold people back. And, 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 and so I'll, like, I'm, I'm smiling now. Cause I'm thinking of one friend in particular who's super successful, but has a lot of self-limiting beliefs or we have to go and have coffee. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? Like, what are you? Are you crazy? Did you do? You see what you did last week? Like, you know, come on. But but we all have that, and we all need those people too, right? And so you know, Bedros, who's now a mutual friend of ours, I talk about him a lot because he's he's one of those people for me, and 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 we and I reciprocate that with him. Like sometimes we'll just get together, and it's like you know the walls are down. And, hey, man, here's what I'm struggling with. Like, here, here's what I have anxiety about or here's what I have stress about. Everybody has. That. And sometimes sometimes it's like uh, people that I'm fortunate enough to be friends with people that I'm fans of long before we become friends. And sometimes it's shocking to me when they admit these things like I'm scared of this or embarrassed of that or I'm. I'm like, wow, really? Because I'm coming at it from the fan perspective. But then yeah, once, yeah, once yeah. they become your brother, or your sister, or your friend, you're like, no, I get it, dude. Let's talk about it. You know, let's, let's kind of break through that a little bit. Um, so everybody has that. And you just got to, you know, you got to accept. I, I think one of the things that I always say is we all have this belief that people are judging us harder and harsher than we really think. Like most people really want you to succeed. Most people are good people. Like if something happens, if we're all in a shopping mall and there's a fire breaks like everyone's going to help each other, r- regardless of your political views, your race, your age, whatever your religion. Everyone's going to help each other. You know, so like people are good. They want you to succeed. If we're all sitting somewhere in Madison Square Garden or a big arena and they say, hey, uh, do we have any volunteers to get up on stage? And and maybe let's say, Paul, you and I were friends since high school. And I know that your your thing is you're nervous about public speaking. If you jump up there. I'm not going to be like, oh, I hope Paul's terrible. And the whole arena is not going to be like, (laughs) oh, I hope this guy's awful so we can him out of the building. If you get up there and do it, that's going to be like, oh my God, that's amazing. That inspires everybody. So your success is inspiring to the majority of people. So if you have a gift or talent, that's why I say like, you know, whatever you're really good at, if you're holding yourself back and not giving that gift to people and giving that gift to the world, it's really selfish. So a lot of people will we'll think like, oh, I don't have a big enough ego to put myself out there. Like I'm not, I don't have an ego, so I'm not on video and I'm not on the camera all day. No, it's actually the opposite. You have a really small, you have a really big, fragile ego that you don't want to get bruised. So that's why you can't do So that's the reframe. The, if you don't have an ego, you'll do stuff because that gift is going to help somebody else. So you have to give someone that gift. It's like, if I, if I, if I knew that more than anything in the world, you wanted a new iPhone and I had this iPhone package for you, but I just kept it in my pocket and I didn't give it to you. That's really, that's not cool. But so give your gifts to people, give your gifts all day, you know, like die empty, give your gifts and don't worry about people judging you. Nobody's judging you as much as we think. The only person judging you that much is the man in the mirror. And you know, there there are steps you can do to get over that too. But I think people want you to succeed. People are cheering for you.
1: Mm, Yeah, I I couldn't think of a better way to close out, brother. That was awesome. Just step into your greatness. And then a tactical takeaway just to close out is, you know, if you're you're down, celebrity all the way to the common everyday person, it's that reach out to one other human being to connect with them, somebody that you view as a positive uh, energy driver, somebody that can uplift you and kind of that that one cup of coffee can really make a massive difference. So thank you so much, Jay. Uh, where can we find you? Where should we follow? Where can we connect? Talk to us.
0: Yeah, uh, if you just go to j.fit, that's my main website. And then uh, uh, Renegade Radio is the podcast. Uh, I'm Jay Ferugia on Instagram. And that's it. And Paul, if I could just just say one more thing I forgot to say here, if we have a yeah, second. of uh, course. So one more thing for for your, for your morning. Tomorrow morning, after you listen to this, what I want you to do is I want you to get up, create a, a, a pump me up playlist. So I have a whole playlist that gets me to believe that I am the world's greatest. Right. I play that. I leave the house with purpose and I'm going to be the highlight of everyone's day because you could change the room that the energy of any room, you either warm it up or you cool it down. Go in, go in hot, be the highlight of everyone's day. And Think so the personal development in industry always gets you to think your way into acting differently, act your way into thinking differently tomorrow, meaning change your posture, change your body language, change your energy, change how you walk into the room. Envision. If you're that little shy kid now walk into the room, you're the rock or you're Jimmy Fallon or you're Justin Timberlake, whoever has, whoever you think has a lot of charisma and energy, just embody that act your way into thinking differently. Be the highlight of everyone's day. And I promise you, you know, it'll, it'll change.
1: Boom. Hey, brother, thanks for helping us all level up. And on behalf of every playmaker out there, dude, loved the the fire that you brought today. We will be following. And uh, thank you again. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Paul. Loved what you just heard? Share it with another playmaker. And if you gain significant value from today's episode and genuinely feel that you have leveled up, would so appreciate if you gave us a five-star rating. For all of today's show notes, head over to playmakerspod.com where you can not only enjoy additional resources from this show, but all previous episodes as well. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you tune in from. And on a personal note, I'd love to connect one-to-one. Hit me up anytime on LinkedIn at Paul Epstein or Instagram at Paul Epstein Speaks. Playmakers is produced by Detroit Podcast Studios in collaboration with Purpose Labs. Wishing you a high impact week of action and purpose. See you next time on Playmakers.